You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Chris, this is an open-ended question. I always like to start with this. Uh, When you think back to your childhood and and for you in in, uh, the DFW area, what are the things that stand out, whether it's you know hobbies, interests, people who are influences? You don't have to answer all of those, but when you think back to that time in your life, what are the things that really stand out to you? Um, God, it's simple. Uh, Dallas was such a great place to grow up in you know, the 70s and 80s. It was just such a simple area. That Lake Highlands area where I grew up, was a, it was an awesome place to be from. Um, but I guess probably what I think of, if I think of anything, is just hot days at Moss Park. Um, at all the soccer fields all around Dallas because I was such a big soccer player growing up and it was, you know, endless soccer tournaments all the time. Um, but all great memories because it was, you know, either I was at a soccer field or I was in the uh, field or on the lake next to it hunting and fishing. So was, and I know you love sports, was there a thought, uh, you know, at that point that soccer would be something you would do beyond school and, and maybe into college and, and heck, you know, God willing, even beyond that, or were, was soccer just kind of a fun thing for you to do competitively? Well, I always gravitated towards soccer. And I think, you know, I watch my own kids and you obviously gravitate and you have, you find a passion and something you're successful at. And I always had success at soccer. It always came easy. I understood the game, saw it really well. Um, but like most Texas kids, especially back then, you did everything. And, you know, we didn't, you never specialized in a sport until much later in life. And, you know, in Texas, you just had seasons. It was like, okay, it's this football season. This is basketball season. This is soccer season. This is, so you, you did it all. Um, and we, it was the same kids from your school, you know, back then they didn't divvy up the kids and do, you know, the fair play where everybody wins and everybody gets a trophy. You just had your buddies. And those, those are the guys you went to school with. And one of the dads coached and it was really simple. And, you know, I didn't really specialize in soccer until much later. I was always successful in, in growing at it. And I kind of went out on my own because I left my my buddies and started playing on club teams and, and so forth. But still, it was pretty generally in my area. And then once I got to junior high, I really thought, this is something I want to do. And definitely by high school, my goal was to not only go to college, but to earn a scholarship. So at, at what point did broadcasting come into the picture and, and what were your first opportunities in any capacity to kind of dip your toes into those waters? It wasn't until college. You know, when I, I did get that scholarship, I had a couple of offers. I ended up going to Oklahoma City University, which uh, lo and behold, turns out to be a great mass comm school. And I went into the mass communications department and it was really odd. It was really soccer and knowing the sports information director and this guy named Chris Fleisch, who I'm still friends with to this day, who came to me uh, my sophomore season and said, hey, I'm starting a new program. We're going to start doing play-by-play for our basketball team on the local Cox Cable Network. I need a student to be kind of a guinea pig for this program. 
you're going to do play by play. And then I'm going to bring in a professional broadcaster. Maybe we'll rotate it out or whatever, but I want to start a program. And he said, I need a student to start this thing with. And I think you'd be great. And I had no clue what he was talking about. Never been on TV. Don't know anybody on TV. Never had any desire to be on TV. And he said, I just think you have the right personality. And he decided uh, he was going to teach me. And that's what we did. We would we would go in and have meetings and talk about how to do this. And we would break into the mass comm department late at night and put in old videotapes and turn the sound down and start doing play by play. We did that for months until my first broadcast. And honestly, I just, you know, I was like a duck to water. I just took to it and immediately could tell this is what I want to do the rest of my life. I love this. It, it felt to me like soccer, that that drug that just it hits your veins. I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm all in on this. It was the first time I thought, I don't really care as much about soccer. This is what I care about now. Well, from one play-by-play broadcaster to another, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think I heard you uh, say somewhere along the lines that, you know, if the opportunity ever presented itself, you'd, you'd love to still do stuff. Uh, with sports, but how did you venture away from sports and more into the, I, I don't know how you'd characterize it, uh, you know, the entertainment field? What what were those uh, opportunities and, and how tough was that decision to maybe move away from sports? Well, while I had great people in my life, I you know, you only have so much and so many people that can guide you to a certain degree if you're, if you're going to this level. And I had the opportunity to actually move back to Dallas, which was my goal in life. I, my, my main goal was to move back to Dallas, be a sportscaster, you know, someday be the voice of the Dallas Cowboys and live happily ever after. That was it. Um, and then I had this opportunity in 99 to move out of Oklahoma City and move to Los Angeles and start up a horse racing network. And I thought, you know what? I've never been to L.A. I've never even been to California. I'll just go out there for a couple of months, enjoy some sunshine, go to the beach, and this thing will fail, and I'll probably hate Los Angeles, and I'll come back. Because um, I always felt like you can always come back home. And so I did. I took this chance, and I, I still thought I was just going to do sports out there in L.A. But once I got out there, again, I was so naive and so green. Um, I did have an agent, and she started putting me up for movies, for these other shows. And I think ignorance is bliss. I think I was fresh meat. Uh, I was something new to the scene. Um, I clearly had a little bit of talent and I just, I didn't reek of desperation. I would just go into these auditions and I was just having fun. I thought it was great. And so I did a couple of movies. Um, I did a movie with De Niro and Eddie Murphy. I did a movie with, uh, um, Ben Affleck and I did these little bit parts. I don't love acting and I quickly realized that, but I also started doing some other things like a home and garden show. I did a game show and I thought, wow, there's a whole world out here for hosting. So how did you get introduced to The Bachelor, and what do you remember about your thoughts on that concept back then? It's obviously turned into <laughs> this amazing hit. Did you know at the beginning that this is going to be something special, or were you skeptical, or, or what was your impression when you were introduced to the idea? Well, you know, you don't even think enough of things when they're created to be skeptical, you know, because it doesn't even deserve the right to be skeptical, even, because <laughs> it's just a thought. <laughs> Um, you know, there's so many shows that are pitched. You hear so many ideas. And back then, again, I was so green. Um, this is only a couple of years. I moved in 99 and this is, you know, 2001, 2002. I actually learned about it in 2001, um, that fall. And, you know, to me, I was like, great, whatever it, you know, my goal was 
this is a huge gig for me just to be talking to a network about a network show. Cause up until then I was doing the horse racing network. I had a home and garden show and I had done a game show. Um, but to that point I hadn't like made anything huge. So this was by far my biggest, you know, idea of a show. And, but when I heard about this dating concept and it was from the guy who did, who wants to marry a millionaire, which was pretty controversial. I thought, yeah, man, I don't know. You know, can I show up to church on Sunday and show my face? The only saving grace is that it was on ABC. And I thought, Disney, ABC, they're going to have a certain sense of decorum to this. Like, it'll have to be done well for it to end up on ABC. And that's how I got into it. I never even auditioned for the show. Um, it's funny. They called me the other day and said, hey, do you have your audition tape that we <laughs> use for the show? We want to use it for something. I said, guys, I never auditioned for you. I had a couple meetings and they're like, Oh, okay, great. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you know, like you said, you never know what's going to turn out to be, you know, go down in the history books. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of like a asking a sports team, when, when did you guys know, you know, did you know right away that this was going to be, you know, this legacy and you guys were going to dominate the nineties? Like, no, you, you have no idea. Um, you're either ignorant or, or lying. If you say, you know, you have a hit show or a hit movie on your hands. So, Chris, I, I'm sure you get asked this a lot, and I apologize, but over the course of a, a day, and maybe it's different season to season, how much downtime do you have on, on set or, or on site, and, and how much time are you spending, I guess, working and, and, and on camera and filming? Well, it's really different, not even season to season, but day to day. I mean, it really depends on where we are in the season, what's going on, how smooth it is. You know, sometimes it's you know, the, the bachelors or bachelorettes make it really easy on us and everything kind of going by the letter. And we really find it predictable and we know what's going to happen. And that way we can really predict when I need to be there, if I need to be there. And there's, there's times when, you know, we'll be in Australia or South Africa or wherever, and I'll have three days to go sightseeing or go taste wine or play golf or go to a game, um, whatever. So I have plenty of time off. And then there's some seasons that are, you know, like Colton, for example, we're flying by the seat of our pants, literally, and <laughs> he's jumping fences. And, you know, you got to be there. You got to know what's going on because every day is very fluid and changing. And um, as a producer, I got to be there. But as a host, sometimes I got to be there to, to wrangle this thing, talk to these people, sometimes on camera, sometimes off. You know, with Peter, there was a lot of off camera discussions I had to have with him as a friend, as a host. So it depends on, you know, where we are in the season and also what hat I'm wearing that day. Um, but there's, there's a lot to it. Um, but then sometimes, you know, I try to take advantage of this opportunity of traveling around the world. I mean, it really is a blessing to get to go to these places and do it on ABC's dime and, you know, go see all these incredible spots. Do you have a favorite place? I know that's probably a tough question to answer, but one that really stands out to you, a place you've gotten to go? Well, what's been cool for me is, you know, I'm a big soccer player and soccer fan. And so, you know, we've had, I've been so lucky. I love going to Europe, but we've actually been down to South America too. And I try to take a point to get tickets to some of the games, um, whether we're down at Buenos Aires and going to a, you know, a game down there. I, I had a great run where there was this one season we were in Barcelona. So I got to go see Barca play at a Champions League game. And then the next week I saw we were in Bayern, we were in Munich and I saw Bayern Munich playing a Champions League game. It was just this crazy run of, of Champions League games, which is, you know, some super fan would only get a chance to do something like that. Um, you know, we were in South Africa and they were playing a friendly in Cape Town and it happened to be against the United States national team. So we all went to that. So there's been some cool moments where you're just sitting there thinking, 
who gets to do this? Like who gets to do this? It's, it's really awesome. And um, one of my fondest earliest memories of the show is we had Madison Square Garden to ourselves after a Knicks game because we were doing a date there. And I remember my boss and I, they weren't going to use the floor for a while. So we went down and just played one-on-one at the garden for like 45 minutes. And we were just sitting there laying on the floor thinking, this is a pretty cool gig. This is a pretty cool gig. Wow. Did, did, did you win? Do you remember uh, the results of that one-on-one match? Yes, I do. In all fairness, uh, Mike Fleiss, the creator of the show, is like six foot seven. <laughs> um, I am not six foot seven. Uh, so he, he did dominate that day. But I also told him, you're my boss. I had to let you win. I, I guess The Bachelor is such an established show now. And, and ABC, you know, there, there's, I guess, some credibility and power that comes with that. But do you guys ever have a tough time? You know, whether it's reserving a place like the Mad- uh, like Madison Square Garden or, you know, when you're traveling internationally to to get the, the venue that, you know, when we watch on TV, it seems, oh, they must have just snapped their finger and, hey, they've got access because this is The Bachelor and this is ABC. I, I, I'd imagine that there are some that are maybe more challenging than others to lock down. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the answer is, is yes and no. It ebbs and flows. I mean, there was a while where we could absolutely get everything. And then there was a lot of copycat shows and a bunch of people kind of jumped on this bandwagon of kind of using and abusing resorts and saying we're shooting this show. It's like The Bachelor. And um, clearly it wasn't. And so for a little bit, it became difficult because there were so many imposters. But now that we've been around so long, we're so established. We have a team and that is their job. They they travel around. They're booking, you know, whether it's resorts, places to go, dates, but also um, concerts and people that want uh, their music on and, and want to promote their brand. And so there's a, there's a team that just does that now. And, and the show has become as much of a travel show as it has anything else. Um, it really is fascinating to see the impact we have at some of these resorts. And a lot of them, you know, look, it's not that glamorous because when we go, it'll be three or four or five months ahead of time. But so it might be a soft opening where the, the resort isn't quite done yet when we're there uh, and it'll, it will be done by the time the show airs. And so, yeah, we go to a lot of, you know, soft openings and places off season when it's not the greatest, but we make it look great. And we do a great job of really the way the show is shot, how romantic it is. Um, we do a, such a super job that a lot of these places are, you know, are just blown up by the time the show airs and, you know, the website crashes and, because, you know, we have the most affluent, educated audience in television. So we have the decision makers that are sitting on their couch going, yeah, I want to go to Bora Bora. I want to go. I want to go to that beach. Chris, what have you learned about relationships over your time hosting this show that is founded upon relationships? Oh, my God. It's, you know, I don't even know if you where you can start because of, of a my age, my experience of living my life. I'm now a parent of two teenagers. One of them's about to go off to college at TCU next fall and, um, you know, grow, you know, helping raise those kids and then going through my own experiences of being married for a long time, going through a divorce, trying to date again in your forties. And, and at the same time, being on this show that is all about love and relationships and listening to all these different takes on it. And I think if I had to narrow it down to one really broad brush thing, it's that life's not so black and white. Um, there's a lot of gray in, in between in relationships and communicating and where people are coming from and why the way, why they are the way they are. And I think that has made me a much more compassionate man and a better listener, a better father, um, probably a better boyfriend of just understanding. And, you know, I think I grew up 
again, in the 70s and 80s in Texas. And my dad, who's an amazing man, was very, it's my way or the highway and kind of, you know, with a steel fist. But that's not really the way it works. You know, my I started raising my kids like that. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm not really getting anywhere. I'm not a good communicator. <laughs> Just saying this is the way it is because is not really a thing. Um, so I think I've become much better, a more well-rounded human being. I believe we have a new season coming up. Uh, what are you most excited about for for people to to see and, and enjoy with the upcoming season? Yeah, well, obviously, Claire's season of Bachelorette is uh, on the back burner right now. But we, we knew we needed some content, so we created a new show called The Bachelor, The Most Unforgettable Ever. And this is going to be, almost think of it as a podcast, where we're going to take an entire season and just squish it down into a three-hour show on Monday nights. It starts on June 8th. And I'm going to be hosting... It's, you know, we're going to talk to some of the characters that were on the show. And these are like the Mount Rushmore of Bachelor shows over the last 18 years. And this is cool because people have been clamoring to see these old seasons. A lot of people, you know, we've been on for 18 years. So maybe you weren't born yet. Maybe you just didn't get a chance to see. You jumped in during the Colton season. Well, you missed Jason Mesnick and Sean Lowe. And you missed Juan Pablo and Trista Wren, our first Bachelorette. So we're going to go back and we're going to show you these seasons. But not over kind of 10 long weeks. We're just going to do it one night so you have a really good idea of what this season was about and why it's a classic. Um, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I almost think of it as like a 30 for 30 special on these on these seasons. All right, Chris, what would you like people to know? And, and, and this interview has shed light on this. And I think anytime I've heard you talk, it, it's it's not like you're hiding from who you are. Uh, outside of the the host of The Bachelor, but what are things that you, would, I guess, would like people to know about Chris Harrison, the human being, not Chris Harrison, the, the host that people watch every week on this incredibly popular show? Nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, you know, one of the great things, I have friends in this business who are entertainers, they're actors, and uh, they're phenomenal at it, and I go out with them, and there will be people at the bar, restaurant, whatever, and they, they get mad at them. They're like, man, I can't believe you did that. And it's like, wait, he, he, you know, he didn't do that. He actually didn't kill this person. That was a, that was a character he played. Um, and so, you know, you don't really get to know these people when you watch them on your favorite shows, whether it's Modern Family or a drama, you know, whatever it is. Um, I feel the great thing for me is that when people approach me, like at the airport or whatever, they feel like they know me because they've been watching me for 18 years deal with these these issues and, and be honest and open. And I feel like I've brought myself and my own personality to the show, especially over the last 12 years when I've really grown into this role. So the cool thing with me is I, I people pretty much get to see my life. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of private aspects I do like to keep to myself. You know, I know people realize I have kids, but I, I try to keep my kids' lives fairly private. Um, my dating life, for the most part, obviously people know I'm dating Lauren Zima now from Entertainment Tonight. That's gotten public. But for the most part, I keep things really quiet. And I've, I've made a very concerted effort over years and years of learning how to grow up in this business to keep your private life somewhat private because you've got to have a life. And it's not Hollywood. It's not the glitz and glamour. I don't go out to parties. I love having this separate life of my buddies that aren't in the business. And coming back home to Texas and being with my family and friends in Dallas, who I grew up with, um, and just being normal. Uh, and I've, I've worked really hard at that, and it's paid off. Um, because you can really lean into this Hollywood lifestyle, and there's some really great things about that, but there's a price to pay. There's definitely a tax at the end of the day on your soul and on your life, and I've managed to escape that so far. 
All right, a few more questions for you, Chris. I know you started a line of, of rosé. How did that all come about, and what can you tell us about that? That was awesome. Yeah, Seagram's Escapes came to me, and obviously they're an amazing brand. And they had just done this uh, deal with Cynthia Bailey from the Real, Real Housewives, and they said, you know, it was hugely successful. We love The Bachelor. Why are you guys not doing a, a, a rosé? And they light refreshing drink i mean hang out at the lake hang out by the pool comes in a can uh i i went to chicago i went to the tasting room i created the flavor created the look i was all in on this and it's done unbelievably well it's so good it's crazy but the best comment i get is everybody's skeptical and then they drink it and they're like damn like this is really good my golf buddies will drink it because it's perfect when it's chilled on the golf course and they're like I hate to say this, but like, I really like drinking it. Um, and on purpose, I did not put my face on the can because I didn't want to do that to my buddies to make them drink out of my face. All right. A, a few quick hitters. What are the shows you like to watch on TV? Oh man. Um, God, I've been, I, I, I kind of been binge watching everything with everybody else. Uh, Succession was such a good show. Um, absolutely crushed that. Um, I was trying to think of what's, you know, billions is on right now. Um, and absolutely love Billions. I, I wait every Sunday night, but uh, I've been through all the documentaries that have come out. The Last Dance, this Lance Armstrong documentary, uh, the Tiger Slam. It's It's been been good content to kind of get us through our days. Uh, all right, Cowboys fan, what were some of your, your, your big Cowboys memories growing up? Oh, man. Well, back when I grew up, I, you know, I, I kind of grew up in the shadow of where they used to work out um, over there off, uh, off LBJ. And so a lot of these guys kind of lived in our area in and around. And so they were really back, especially back then, a part of the community. Um, and, and Dallas was such a, a big city, but a small town. And so it was very much Dallas Cowboys driven. Um, you know, there was football season and there was everything we did until we got back to football season. Cause especially back then the Mavericks were terrible. Um, just unbelievably horrible and the, and the Rangers weren't much better. Um, it was really tough times back then. And so it was all about the Cowboys. And so, you know, we grew up and I had my Drew Pearson jersey on. I always wanted to be 88 when we played or Butch Johnson. And, you know, we would all wear our jerseys and go play. And, and the worst part was when you were younger and you had to be the Redskins and be the other team. Um, and, and <laughs> you were small and you got beat up real bad. But it was, uh, you know, it really was a Cowboys town. And I grew up never going to a game because we definitely couldn't afford it. It was way too expensive for us. So we would just watch it, listen to it on the radio. And I didn't go to a game until I became a sportscaster in Oklahoma City. And that was my first game is when I went on the field working. And I mean, I had tears in my eyes just walking at that, you know, and it was that old Texas stadium. So it was like walking into a parking lot. But it was <laughs> such a such a moving experience because I was like, I had seen this place and I had been to the stadium before because of concerts and even Lake Highlands, and you know, we'd go to the old Plano Highland Park uh, rivalry games that sold out Texas Stadium, and it was awesome back then. But so I had been, but I'd never been to a Cowboy game. All right, final question, Chris. You've accomplished a ton, and if you didn't film another episode of The Bachelor, I think uh, you know it'd be easy to look at your career as a, a huge success. But what are things you would still like to accomplish, whether it's with The Bachelor or maybe outside of that arena? You know, it's more outside, I guess. And, you know, this is the first time I really, you get to a point in your life like, okay, you know, 
people have asked, well, what do you want to do? You know, are you going to leave the bachelor? You've been doing it so long. And I said, it's funny. No one ever asked Tom Brady after his sixth Super Bowl. Hey, aren't you tired of playing football? Are you going to go play, you know, badminton or, or go bowling? Um, you know, it's like, if I left the bachelor, what am I going to do? I would want to host a hit network show. It's like, well, I have four or five of those right now. So, you know, where am I going? This is it. I'm still winning Super Bowls. I'm not going anywhere. Um, but now what I enjoy is, is using this brand to go do good stuff with some really great people. Um, I've been very involved in the Tiger Woods Foundation and, and getting to know Tiger over the years and work with him on his foundation and his learning centers is awesome. Jason Day is now a really good friend. I, I love golf and I'm addicted to golf. So getting to know these guys um, and work and, and play at the AT&T and through the AT&T at Pebble Beach, I've gotten to know some great people and hosting events and, you know, that have to do with mental health and a lot of charity work. And it's been good to be able to use a platform. Um, yes, I'm giving back, which is wonderful and it makes you feel good, but it's also, you get to meet some amazing people and have some incredible experiences. So, you know, somewhere in the sports world, I love, I love to get back and enjoy, do, you know, do I miss my sports casting days? Yes. And no, I miss the camaraderie. Um, I miss the fun, you know, when Eddie Sutton passed away the other day, I, it really hit me because I covered the the Cowboys at Oklahoma state during those Eddie Sutton days. And, uh, you know, that it just reminded me of how much I love those days and nights at Gallagher Iba arena and the big, it was the big eight, then the big 12. Um, and so, you know, I don't miss the traveling around and crappy hotels and, you know, all the, all the work that went into being a good sportscaster, but I, I do miss the world of sports. And so, you know, eventually maybe there's something there. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe come back as a general manager and owner. Who knows?